Welcome to the Forward Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from our 2020 series, The God Who Creates. For more information about Forward, giving, or to request prayer, visit www.forwardchurchfamily.com. Dear God, it's, it's in the name of Jesus Christ that I pray. I thank you for your love, and, and I ask God right now that you will guide us. Guide us through your word, Father. We have, we have a text that we're going to read through today, that we're going to study through. And Lord Jesus, I ask that you, will, that you will open our eyes for what you have for us, Lord. I ask that you will give us ears to hear. I ask that you will move me aside and just preach through me, that your Holy Spirit will speak to people today. I believe that if people are in this room, there is no accident. But it is for a purpose, and that is because you have something for them. It is in the name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. Amen. We are in our series, Seeing the Bible Clearly Through 2020. And we have been going through Genesis. We're still in Genesis. We've been studying through the Bible, and we're still in Genesis right now. And it's been great because we've been laying some great foundations down for our faith, foundations that we desperately need. And Last week, Pastor Neil preached about Abraham and just the, the crazy task that he had when he was told to sacrifice his son, Isaac, and it talked about just the symbolism there because God stepped in and provided for himself an offering in that and just the beauty of that, and I highly recommend you go back and check it out. Uh, we have a podcast that you can check out, listen to that message, um, but there's some good stuff that we've been teaching through. Today, we're going to talk about Abraham's descendants. This is his grandchildren, because Isaac, that boy that he had on the altar, that he took off the altar, went on to have um, to marry Rebecca, and then they had twins, two sons, two sons. And from the second these two came along, there was there was some strife. From the second they were conceived, even in the womb, there was there was a struggle, and we're going to talk about that today. We're going to be in Genesis 25, 21 through 34. Go ahead and get your Bibles out, and let's go ahead and stand as I read through the main text today. I know you were just standing, but we're going to give God a little more honor and stand as I read from his scriptures. This is Genesis 25, 21 through 34. It says, And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. The children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will, shall be divided. And one shall be stronger than the other, the older shall serve the younger. When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she was born, uh, when she bore them. When the boys grew, grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man, dwelling in tents, Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. You all can have a seat. Now, I've 
I've heard this story many times. It's a story that you hear preached um, or taught when you're younger. I've heard it many, many times, and I brush over it pretty quick because I just look at it and think, how silly. It's just kind of a, kind of a silly story that someone would actually give up their birthright for some stew. And I'm going to give you a little bit, kind of break it down a little bit. You see these, Jacob's family, Jacob and Esau's family, their grandfather Isaac was promised a blessing. And there was a covenant that God, through Abraham, through his offspring, would, that the whole, the whole world would be blessed through them somehow. The whole world would be blessed. And not only that, but they would be the father of many nations. That's what he said to Abraham. So now you have his grandchildren who also have that same birthright and blessing to go to the firstborn son. So that's what you have here. So when you see them giving birth and struggling within the womb, we look at that and we think, Okay, that's, you know, that's them struggling for over that birthright from the very beginning. And I'm glad that Scripture gives us context to that because when I first saw it, it the first thing I'm reading is, is I mean, you have you got Esau in the womb, hairy like a cloak, and then you have Jacob come out holding his heel. He, he was wondering where his blanket went. He had a blanket for like nine months, so he was trying to get that fur back. And then you have Esau come out first, and here he is, you know, just hairy like she just gave birth to a Sasquatch baby or something, and you see this, you know, this hairy baby, but then Jacob's grabbing his heel, and then as you see, the boys grow older, you grow older, and then um, Isaac favors Esau, because Esau was a, was a hunter, he was a mighty hunter, he was someone he could be proud of, and then he brought him his food, and he, and he ate the food, so dad favored Esau, but mom favored Jacob, because Jacob hung out around the tents. They were polar opposites as brothers. If they went into town, you'd have Esau wanting to go to, to Bass Pro and stop at, the, at, the, at maybe the hunting section at Dick's Sporting Goods, and then uh, that would be Esau. And then Jacob, he would be wanting to go to, like, Williams-Sonoma to buy, to buy stuff like cookware or something. Uh, maybe he would go to Bed Bath & Beyond or something like that. They were just, they were different. And Dad favored Esau. And the thing was is that Esau grew as a skilled hunter. Okay, and we know what happens later on, he, he sells his birthright. He sells his birthright. But I want to point out that he grew skillful as a hunter. What we should see when we see that is you can, you can grow in stature. You can grow physically without growing spiritually. And you can get really good at what you do and still be empty on the inside. And, and you can see here that Esau put a lot of hope and a lot of trust in, in what he did. Because for one, that's what his dad praised. And his parents, we need to make sure that we, we ask certain questions to our children. Because what we ask reveals what we care about. So if all we ask our children is how were their grades, how'd the game go, how's sport, how's your, um, how many points did you score? If we ask those type of questions, what we're revealing is what's important to us, to our children. So we should probably throw in a, have you spoke to Jesus today? Have you prayed today? Your buddy Johnny what, how, how's his relationship with Jesus? We should talk about these things with our kids to let them know that that's important to us too, or else they're going to debase their identity on, on pleasing mom and dad. They want to please you. So here we have Isaac who is, who's pushing this hunting. That's good. And then we see as the story goes on, they get older, and we see Esau goes out hunting like he normally does, and he comes back exhausted. Now, we know that Jacob is already kind of after that birthright. They were twins. He just missed it by, by a second. It could have been his birthright. So I can imagine he came back hunting like he normally does, and, and Jacob may have put together at this point, we don't know for sure, but he probably put together that his brother comes back hungry. 
And when he gets hungry, he probably makes some bad decisions. I'm glad there's no men in this room like that that maybe get a little bit hungry. And when we go a few hours without food, we start getting a little dramatic, maybe get a little short-tempered, maybe make decisions we wouldn't normally make on a full stomach. I'm glad there's no one like that in here. Amen? <laughs> so, so he comes. So I think Jacob, knowing this about his brother, he starts firing up some food. I think there's a, he, you know, he, I see him in there opening the oven and letting the smell of the bread come out and catch, catch Esau's nose. And then he's, he, you know, he's got the stew and he's opening, you know, slurping real loud so his brother can hear it. So his brother comes in. What's the first thing he says? Give me some of that stew. I want some of that stew. And then Jacob, pretty bold, offers the craziest offer that I could imagine. The craziest offer, he says, give me your birthright for this stew. Okay, and it was, the scripture later calls it, it calls it lentil stew. Lentil soup, okay. Uh, me and my wife, we have recently, you know, been trying different diets and trying different, different ways, trying to be a little healthy. We went a lot more organic. And then we even, don't hate me, don't at sign me or anything, but we even have like tried some vegan meals. We've even kind of gone there. And um, so one day she brought home... Um, Two, two things of, of soup, and I'm not, I can't make this up, lentil soup is what she brought me, and, and I was, she didn't know I was going to be preaching on this, but that's pretty cool. My, my girl is good looking and prophetic, um, so, so anyway, she brought some lentil soup, of course, she did get me lentil soup, so I don't think, you, you can't have it all, obviously, but, but, uh, but anyways, so she gets the lentil, she gets me lentil soup, and, and so there it is, and um, I have to ask this question, it's going to get, um, I saw her in here earlier. Is, is Shirley Mac? No, not Nikki. Shirley, um, Shirley Mikowski, is she still in here? Is she serving today? Where's, oh, okay. I have to ask you this. Um, just honestly, no big deal. Just going to throw it out there. You can throw it right back. But you, you drive a nice, a nice car. And I was wondering if you'd be interested in trading me this lentil soup for that Mustang of yours. Is that a, that's a hard no? Oh, okay, <laughs> She, oh, that's a no. Okay, so for her, she can say easily, that's a bad deal. That's a bad deal. So that's, she's telling me that's a bad deal. We can all look at this, lentil soup for your birthright. That's a bad deal, man. But what's crazier about the offer is Esau takes him up on it. <laughs> Esau takes him up on the offer. He says, okay. <laughs> and then it says he ate it, and then he got up and left. It doesn't say, man, he really loved it. It doesn't say he just sat back and just kind of vibed with it for a second. He got up and he left. Like, that's it. And that was, and that was basically it. So now then you, you fast forward many years, and now their father is getting old, and he's, and he's about to die. And he's, and he's lost his sight, and he tells his, his son, his firstborn son, Esau, who he believes the blessing should go to, he says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to die soon. I want you to go get some game, get me some food, the game, the hunt that you, the food that you bring me that I love so much. Bring it to me and make me some food, and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you this blessing. And this is important. Remember, this is the blessing that God would bless them through, the, through his descendants, that God would bless the whole world through his descendants. So this is a big deal. It's an extremely big deal to Isaac, the father. So he sends his son out. But the thing is, is Rebecca. The mom, she hears them talking about this. So what does she do? She goes to Jacob. And she goes to Jacob and says, your father's dying, he's getting old, and he's about to bless your brother. What I want you to do is go pretend to be your brother and get the blessing for yourself. And Jacob's like, 
I can't do that. My father's going to see straight through me. I can't look like the Red Yeti. He's, he's like, I got these soft Pee Wee Herman hands. You know, I can't, I, I can't do that. But then she says, it's fine. I want you to go kill two, two goats or lambs, and I'm going to make some meat. I'm going to make it good. I'm going to put seasoning on it to make it look like your brother did it. And I'm going to take the wool and put it on your hands and on your neck, and you're going to go to him. And on top of that, she took Esau's clothes, made Jacob wear it, and then she goes to, she goes to um, he goes in to Isaac. And he says, Isaac says, who's there? And then Jacob says, it's me, your son Esau. Okay, and then immediately Isaac, Isaac, even though he's blind, he still can send something up, send something's up. And then he responds, he's like, you know, he said, who's there? And he says, it's your, it's your son, Chewbacca. It's me, feel my hands. So the dad feels his hands. He feels them. And he's like, and he says the words, he's like, you know, I, I feel the hands of my son, Chewy, and, and, but then it's the voice of my other son, Chandler Bing, and, and he's like, and he's just, and he can't put it together, but then when he smells, when he smells his clothing, he knows it's Esau. He smells, I mean, he knows in his heart it's Esau, he goes, this is my son, because his, his clothes smell like a field that the Lord has blessed, and then he gives the blessing to who he thought was Esau, but it was actually Jacob. And then as soon as he blesses him, Jacob takes off, and who walks in? Esau. Here I am, Dad. I'm here for you to bless me. But then, his, but then here Isaac is that says, I just blessed you. And then they both realize what had happened, that Jacob had cheated him. But you see Esau here after this. This is Genesis 27, 36. So I just went through basically two chapters, um, skipped through a lot of chapter 26. But in chapter 27, verse 36, Esau says, is he not rightly called Jacob? Because what Jacob means is to supplant, which means to basically to try to overthrow, to supersede. That's why they called him that when he came out and grabbed his heel. So they're saying Jacob was trying to overtake his brother. So they called him that. So he says, is his name not rightly Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And we know now that we can look at Esau, he's a little bit dramatic. He's, you know, when he was offered the stew, he said, what good is my birthright? I'm about to die. He's being a little bit um, dramatic. But when you look at this, it's like, did he really take away your birthright or as much as he handed it off to him? He gave it to him for some soup. He didn't steal his birthright. He gave it to him. He didn't trick him. He, in fact, he said, swear to me that you'll give me your birthright for this stew. He knew that it was serious, but he still did it. For a moment of instant gratification, for a moment of satisfaction, he gave away his birthright. That's, that's what happened. So did he really take it away? And he said, now he has cheated me out of my blessing. And the, the reality is, is that with, when, the, when the birthright was gone, the blessing was gone. The birthright and the blessing, they went hand to hand. They went hand in hand. And we can look at the story and we can look at, at Esau and, and joke about that. And we can, we can talk about this story and how it was such a terrible decision to say, man, that was a bad deal. But it would be a little bit healthier for us to look at this situation and look at ourselves. And it's kind of sobering to think, but we really should operate with the understanding that within minutes, within minutes, any of us are capable of making a decision that we could regret for a lifetime. In minutes. In minutes, it could happen. In minutes, there are people that have regret for their entire lives because of moments of satisfaction. It could be through drugs. It could be getting behind the wheel after, after drinking. It could be, um, it could be um, infidelity in your marriage. It could be any of these things. 
just for moments of satisfaction. And we can dwell on the big things, because we a lot of times when you think about the story, you think of like the big mess ups that people cause, um, you know, big, big issues like I, you know, like a marriage broken because of because of an affair or something like that. But the reality is, is we should think of these minutes as minutes as a, on a regular basis, on a small scale. What minutes do we have that we are taking for granted? What minutes do we have where we make bad decisions that later become bigger decisions after that that we regret for the rest of our lives? Because these decisions for an affair, to, to, take, to take drugs, to, to, to try the drug for the first time, that's a compounded thing that a, for a thought that wasn't taken captive long in advance for that. And there's thoughts that go through our minds every single day. There's scrolling that goes on on our phones or on our keyboards every single day that we need to take, for, that we need to take um, captive so that we aren't making these big decisions later. Do you see what I'm saying? So within minutes, on a regular basis, we can be making decisions that result in something catastrophic in the future. And, and, and it leads to that one point where in a second, we could make decisions that we all regret. Now, the hope is that we all look at that and say, no way, I won't. But the healthy thing is to say, I won't because I understand that I could. I could. Because if you look at scripture, you look at David, King David, a man after God's own heart. What did he do? He murdered and he also committed adultery. If you look at um, heroes of the faith like Abraham, he, he made his mistakes, right? We've read through that. We should be, you should understand that. If you look at, um, even look at Moses, there was some regret that he had when in, in one act of disobedience, he wasn't able to go into the promised land. So you have these heroes of the faith that are mentioned in scripture that still made these mistakes that, that were, that were life altering. And we should all be aware of that. <clears throat> But then Esau, he makes this decision in moments that he has a lifetime of regret with, a lifetime of regret. And we see later in Scripture where his name should have been mentioned when Moses comes before the burning bush, before he is giving the assignment to set God's people free in Egypt. When Moses goes to the burning bush, you see God speaks up to him. And when God identifies himself from the burning bush as the God that he is, he says what? He says, I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Isaac, and I am the God of Jacob. He doesn't mention Esau. Esau's name isn't mentioned. His name should have been mentioned there. But with that decision, he lost his chance to be written in history that way. Instead, he was written in history like this in Hebrews 12, 16 through 17. It says, see that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. That's how Esau was remembered, just for that one moment, for that one moment of weakness. He had regret for a lifetime, and after that, he continued to compensate and still try to try to get the blessing that he lost. His life became a compensation for the blessing that we lost, that he lost, and when you look at people's lives, when you see just, just a snowball of terrible decisions and a snowball of a life that you think that you could never receive, when you look deeper at it, what you see is someone trying to earn a blessing that they can't because the only way we can earn that blessing is through Jesus. But then through, through a pursuit, people go down roads that they never thought they would go and make decisions they never thought they would make because they were missing out on a blessing. And we see, we see Esau's family became that he was called Edom, and out of his descendants were called Edomites. And 
when the Roman Empire took over in Jesus' time, this is years and years and years later, they were called Idumean. And that should sound a little bit familiar to you because you know who is Idumean? King Herod. King Herod, the same man that tried to get rid of any, any, any Hebrew boy, he, he put them all to death. And that's why Joseph was alerted in a dream when Jesus was born because they were killing all the boys. So that's why Jesus had to flee. Joseph and Mary had to flee with Jesus when he was younger. And if you look at that, you see Herod is still generations later trying to make up for the blessing that his ancestor Esau lost. So we need to make sure when we make our small decisions that we think aren't going to make a difference when we're scrolling, when we're looking through, um, through our social media feeds, or when we're looking, um, when we're just out to make, think about the small things that we do, the decisions that we make, we tend to think that they're only going to affect us, but they can affect us and our future generations. Our children and our children's children will be impacted by the decisions we make. <clears throat> You see, there's a difference between the birthright and the blessing. We see, it mentioned, we see it mentioned twice because when Esau is upset, he says, is it not enough that he took my birthright and my blessing? We have to understand he had the birthright. Esau was supposed to get everything that his father owned. He was supposed to get um, his cattle, his servants. The whole family was going to look to him. He was going to be the patriarch after his father left. But here's the thing about that. With all that also came responsibility. And it says he despised his birthright. To say that meant that he despised the responsibility. He wanted the blessing of God, but he didn't want the responsibility of that. And we, a lot of us find ourselves in that. And when we look at blessings and responsibilities, I think it's important to talk about the ones that we actually have. So I'm going to go through a couple things. The first one, blessing that we have, is salvation. We have salvation through Jesus Christ. That's why we're standing up here celebrating. That's why, we're, that's why we come to church on a regular basis. Through salvation, through Jesus Christ, through belief in him and what he did on the cross, we receive salvation, the forgiveness of sins. That's a good one. Okay, that's a good one. In fact, it's so good that all the other blessings are going to flow from that one. From our salvation, we get our other blessings. That is an eternal blessing stored up in heaven for us. But then we have other blessings that we have now. We don't just think, well, we get heaven later, and then that's it. We have earthly blessings that he, that he has given us that stem from the belief that we have that blessing. Okay, all the other blessings flow from this. We have um, joy. He's given us joy. He's putting joy in our hearts. John 15, 11 says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that, you, and that your joy may be full. Okay, people talk about this place just steals my joy, or you'll hear that at work sometimes, and it's like, that's impossible. They can't steal your joy. You must just not hold it very tightly, because Jesus gave you your joy. And no matter what goes on, can they take Jesus from you? No. Then how can they take your joy from you? Because your joy is set in Jesus. So we should walk around as joyful people. He's also given us his word, the word of God. We have his word. We have, in the, through the word of God, we have truth. In a time where truth is that you can live your truth, truth can be so distorted in our generation in this time. We have a time where we can set our eyes on truth. We, it's, um, Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We should never be lost in this life. We should never be wandering aimlessly in this life. Why? Because he has given his, us his word to dig into and to get some guidance. His word is a blessing. His presence is a blessing. When we believe in Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. That means we have God with us all the time. He's also given us gifts 
and talents. Those are blessings. We are blessed people. He's given us um, gifts and talents. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He's given us good works to do. We were created in his craftsmanship. We are his masterpiece. He's given us a purpose and a calling. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, Who saved us and called us to a holy calling. We were called to be holy, which means to be set apart. Every single one of us was called to be set apart for him. He's given us good works to do to be set apart for him. 2 Corinthians 5.19-20 says, We are called to be his ambassadors. Every single one of us. This isn't just limited to the pastor. This isn't limited to the preacher. This is limited to every, this is this is a call to every single one of us. Second Corinthians five nineteen through twenty says that is in Christ was reconciling to the world, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. Now we look at these things. And you have to be careful not to look at it like Esau, because Esau saw that list of the Bible, okay? You see the Word of God, okay, there it is. You see, um, I've got gifts that have been given to God, so I've got work to do for God. I've got good work to do for God. I've got a calling. You know what? Esau saw that, and you know what he saw? He just saw responsibility. And that was his downfall. When we see it, we should see blessing. I'm blessed because I have the word of God that I can look at. I'm blessed because God has given me a calling. I'm blessed because I have a purpose that he has given me. And through that blessing, now I'm able to have impact. And he makes it clear, if you want to be full, if you want to find yourself full, Esau gave everything up for lentil soup. It's right there. Gave, gave it up for lentil soup. Jesus, here's what he had to say about being full. In John 4.34, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. If you want to find fulfillment, you're not going to find it in a bowl. You're going to find it in the name of Jesus Christ in doing his works. If you want fulfillment, then you need to get off, off the plan of serving yourself and start serving him. And that is where you find fulfillment. The other road leads to emptiness and the lack of growth which is where we find Esau. It was compounded decisions over time that led him to making that decision to take a bowl of soup instead of his birthright. We have to understand that the responsibility is the blessing. It's not the blessing, but it's a blessing. The blessing is salvation through Jesus Christ. But from that flows the blessings that he gives us, and they are responsibilities as well. We have to understand we're already blessed. You see, Esau... He wanted the blessing, but he didn't want the responsibility. That's why Genesis 25, 34 ends with, thus Esau despised his birthright. He didn't want any part of the work. He didn't want any part of the, of the responsibility of it. And we can look at this and say, well, what's it matter if, we're, if we have salvation? What's it matter if, if God forgave us for our sins? Because God did forgive us all our sins. Our, our present sins, our past sins, and our future sins, he took care of on the cross. He provided forgiveness for us at that time. So what does that mean? Why should we be concerned about making these decisions? Why, why, why does, it, does it matter at this point? And for one, kind of a sharp warning, I would say, is if you have no interest in, in serving God, if you have no interest in and doing God's works, if you have no interest in pleasing God, then that's kind of a scary place to be anyways. John 1, 2, 4 says, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not even in him. 
But for those of us that, that want to serve God, for those of us that want to serve God, but then find ourselves making mistakes, I believe that he will forgive you and forgive you and forgive you. And as much as we try to do well, but then mess up, he will forgive us. He will forgive us. He will forgive us. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us in our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful. And you can come up here, um, you can get on your knees every single Sunday, you can get on your knees every single day and ask forgiveness. He's already forgiven you, but you can go to repentance for what you have done every single day and, and keep making mistake after mistake after mistake. And, 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 and you, can maybe, you can maybe still say that you're saved. You can maybe still have that salvation because his grace is for that, but here's the question that I have for you. That is called a life of setback. Setback after setback. We make these decisions. We see the bowl of soup put in front of us, and instead of deciding what we want most, we decide for what we want now. We give up what we want most in this life for what we want now because of that attitude of instant gratification. Because um, I think it's Pastor Levi Lesko says, now yells louder, but later lasts longer. God has a promise to bless us. And if we go his way, we get a lot more blessing. But we, we look at that bowl of soup and we give into the now. And what that leads to is a life where we can, are constantly asking repentance for the mistakes that we've made. And my question for you is, do you think that God has that plan? When he died for your sins, do you think his plan was for you to keep coming to him and, and for over repentance and repentance, repentance? Do you think his plan for you was setback or impact? Because I believe that God has a plan for you, and it's not a plan of setback where you're constantly going to him and repenting and repenting. In fact, if I'm going to get on my knees, I don't want it to be in repentance. I want it to be on my knees in supplication and in prayer for my other brothers and sisters in Christ because I want to live a life of impact, not a life of setback where I'm constantly going to him and asking him to forgive me for what I've done. I mean, first of all, he has forgiven us. But we have to understand that we still have a purpose and a calling in this life to serve him, a life of impact. So the best way that I can think of to stay, to make a good decision when that stew is put in front of us, to make a good decision when, when, we are put in, when temptation is put in front of us, is to keep our bellies full. Keep our bellies full. Keep ourselves in the word of God. Keep reminding ourselves of the promises that he's given us. Recently, um, I went to Bass Pro with my son. It was, it was great. We, uh, my daughter was going somewhere else. I was going to have a nice, calm day at home, nothing planned. My daughter was going to stay all night with somebody, and right before she walked out the door, she said to my, to my five-year-old son, she said, hey, Dad, you should take Bash to Bass Pro today. And he's like, you know, I'm like, hey, I guess we're going to Bass Pro. That's awesome. You know, I was planning on just hanging out at the house, but whatever. So we went to Bass Pro. Before we walked in, I said, we're going to look at all the animals because he, he likes that. I said, we're not going to buy anything, okay? But then while we were there, he got hungry and I got hungry. So when we weren't going to spend anything, we weren't going to spend any money, okay? We spent, I'll tell you how we spent. I'm going to tell you how much we spent after I tell you what we got, okay? We got some pork rinds because they're low-carb and, uh, and then we got, um, we got a couple drinks, and we got some beef jerky, and we spent like $25 at Bass Pro. Okay, we could have left and got a meal for like $12 between the two of us. Instead, I got pork rinds, which it always sounds good at first, but after eating like a quarter of the bag, I realized, what am I eating? And then I, I didn't eat the rest of it. So I didn't even eat all of it. 
But what happened was I, I let my stomach get, get empty, and I made a bad decision, okay? Nikki, when she got me, you know, she actually bought me two of these, okay, two of these. And I was like, you know what, I'm, uh, you know, if I get hungry enough, I'll probably eat that, but I probably won't. Well, guess what? There's only one here today because I got hungry. I ate something I didn't think I'd end up eating. I ate this. Okay, when we get hungry, we make bad decisions, okay? And I think that you all know I'm not just talking about physical food in here, okay? I'm not sure what I said just now. <laughs> when we get hungry, I, I, I'm not even going to go there. I'll listen to the recording. All right, so when we get hungry, we make bad decisions. And, um, and the thing is, is when we look at... Um, when we look at our life, I'm not just talking about, like, I, I get it now. I'm not just, I get it now. That was a great decision. All right, but when we get hungry, we make bad decisions, okay? And, um, and the thing is, is, like, I'm not just talking about food. I'm talking about, like, our spiritual, I'm talking about our spiritual life, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we can all laugh. Um, but I'm not just talking about spiritual food. I'm talking about we have to remind ourselves of the joy that God put inside of us. We have to remind ourselves of the promise that God has given us. We have to remind ourselves of what God has done for us, that I am a child of God. I'm a co-heir with Christ. You want to talk about a birthright inheritance? Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, and when you believe in him, you become a co-heir with Jesus Christ. That means the glory that he receives in heaven, we get to take part in that, not because of our works, because the work that he did. That's what we get. We get an incredible inheritance. And when you picture that inheritance, you're able to say no to the bowl of soup that's offered to you because you're able to look at the bowl of soup and say, I don't need any part of that. All that bowl is going to bring me to is setback. I'm not about setback life. I'm about the impact life because I want to live for Jesus. That's the goal. That's the goal. We should look at responsibilities like blessings in our lives, like the blessings he has put in front of us. Jacob went on to have, have his mistakes. You know, he swindled his brother out of that. You can say he swindled, or you can say he won it square and fair. I feel like he won it square and fair. He should have got the blessing anyways. His brother gave it up. But then everything wasn't great for him after that because his brother Esau was a little upset, and we know that his brother was probably a bad dude compared to him, <laughs> you know? And his brother's response after he found out that he had taken his blessing was this. He said, now Esau, or Genesis twenty-seven forty-one says, now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are approaching, then I will kill my brother Jacob. So he just kind of marked that on his schedule. Uh, I'm going to mourn over dad, and I'm going to kill my brother. Okay, nice little, like I've got to clear out about a month or two because i got those two things i got to knock out this year. All right, so, so because of that, of course, Jacob's scared. So Jacob takes off. He has to leave. So he doesn't get to take part in the inheritance right away. He doesn't get to take part in the blessing right away. He has to flee to his uncle Laban, who ends up cheating out, <laughs> cheating him out on his wife. I don't, it's a whole other message we don't have time for. But he ends up wanting to marry his daughter, so he gives him the, the wrong daughter. Long story. Works for him seven years, gets the wrong daughter, then has to work seven years for the daughter he originally wanted to marry. So he gets Leah first, then he gets Rachel. So, I mean, he did not have... <laughs> He didn't have a great time. And now, guess what? Now you still have conflict in the family because now Leah knows that he wanted to be with Rachel the whole time. So now you go from dysfunctional family to dysfunctional family. It cracks me up when, when people think that God can't use them because they came from a dysfunctional family. Have you ever read this stuff? Okay, it's crazy. But we look at this and, and you just look, God, how are, you, how are you going to bless this family? How is your blessing still going to go through this family? 
And God had an answer for it all along because, you see, there was another firstborn. There was another firstborn mentioned in Scripture, and he wasn't just the firstborn of, of Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. He was the firstborn over all creation, and that's Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 29 says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he glorified. He glorified. Now, Jesus was met with responsibility as well, but Jesus didn't run from the responsibility. Jesus took the hill head on. He took the cross, and he got on the cross, and he died for our sins so that now we don't have to earn it because he earned it for us. All we have to do is believe in Jesus Christ and give our lives to him, and now we receive salvation and the blessing that these brothers were fighting for. Okay, the blessing of salvation. They were, they were fighting that, that the world would be blessed through them. But guess what? You have God's Holy Spirit living inside of you, and the world around you can be blessed through you when you decide to serve him and live for Jesus Christ. You all want to bless the people around you? Because that's what a life of impact does, a life of choosing to serve him. When we take these moments he's given us and use them for his glory, a life of setback, not of impact. I'm going to close it down before I say something else. I've got enough explaining to do to Nikki already. Um, but um, I want you all to know that Jesus Christ loves you, and he died for you on a cross so that you can believe in him and receive eternal life. But with that, if you, if you haven't done that, I highly encourage you to do that. Highly, highly encourage you. That's why you're here today. In case you're wondering, no guesswork, you're here today to receive Jesus Christ. But if you have received Jesus Christ, the next thing that you want to ask yourself is, do I want to take the fact that he died for me and the salvation that I have and use that for impact? Or do I want to use it for setback? And I believe that God has a plan for impact over your life when you choose to surrender it to him. And the responsibilities that he gives us along the way, we need to see those as, as blessings, as blessings blessings that can bless others through us when we're faithful to God. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear God, we love you, and I just, I just thank you for your blessing. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your salvation. I thank you for your grace. And Lord, I, I pray for anyone in this room that, that, is, that is questioning you, Father, that, doesn't, that hasn't come to know you, Father. I pray right now that you will be working on their hearts. And I want to address everyone in the room, just staying in an attitude of prayer. But if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then make sure you do that right now. Come to this altar. If you want to come to this altar and you want to, and, and if you want to just say, God, I love you, but I've, I feel like I've been using this life. I haven't been using it for impact. Then come to this altar. If you just want to come him and thank him for the, for the blessing that we have through the inheritance of Jesus Christ and through the ability to be blessed and be a blessing through you, Jesus. I ask that anyone that feels that way, come onto the altar, just come do it. And, and Father, I just ask that you have your way in this service. Father, continue to work on the hearts of the people in this room. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your love and the hope that you give us. We thank you for your joy that we can walk out of this door with joy, encouraging people, encouraging the people that we meet through the week, Lord Jesus. 
I just pray that you will use us for your glory to have lives of impact. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you impacted every single one of us. It's in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to the Forward Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week as we continue in our 2020 series, The God Who Creates. For more information about Forward, giving, or to request prayer, visit www.forwardchurchfamily.com.